All right, guys, y'all show some love to the sponsors of the Straight Out of Prison podcast. Our friend Keely Brown runs her family-owned HVAC Home and Commercial Services. Is your system ready for the summer? Schedule a system checkup or reprogram your thermostat. They offer residential and commercial, at home or at work. They really do what they say, and they say what they do. Our family serving your family has been their core value since day one. Their founder and owner, Mr. Robert Holland, made sure the foundation of Home and Commercial Services was and is integrity. Now, remember, Haley, we, we catered an event last December where he was a part of the group that we were feeding. But it was interesting to learn that when he was a young man, when he first started in the HVAC business, Mr. Holland actually got in trouble with, for not adding new parts that the people didn't need. And they were like, why didn't you sell the parts? And he was like, because I could fix them. And they were like, no, no, you're... you're you're doing it wrong. Like you just got to put new parts. And he was like, but they didn't need new parts. And it bugged him so much that he went out and started his own business. And that's the foundation of home and commercial services. And we can attest to that personally. I mean, they've done so much stuff for us. It's crazy. I love that story. And I think it speaks to obviously his integrity and what he's built his business on that integrity. Right now, the most economical service they offer is their annual residential service agreement. For $150, you'll get two annual checkups, and that's for one system. If if it's an additional system, it's 25% off. Anyways, the annual contract includes priority service, normal rates for after-hour service, 10% discount on any repairs, and a 5% discount on any new installations. It's a good deal especially with the heat of the summer coming. Home and Commercial Services works on all name brands of heating and air conditioning units, gas furnaces, heat pumps, walk-in coolers, and smart thermostats. No job is too big or too small. Call or text Keely at 205-798-0635. Or you can email at office at Holland hcs.com you can look up holland home and commercial services on instagram for daily tips and more or you can check out their website hollandhcs.com we have some amazing friends and supporters of the podcast Lynn and Debbie Hurst, who own Hurst Towing and Recovery in Fultondale and Hayden, Alabama. They serve the Jefferson, Blunt, and surrounding counties. They tow light and heavy-duty vehicles, and they're always there to help. We wouldn't call anybody else. We would never call anybody else, and that's a fact. Would you like to work for an amazing company that treats their employees like family? The Hearst are hiring. Full and part-time positions. Give them a call today. Hearst Towing is there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They've been in our area since January of 1987. They have a heart to serve and they love making an impact in the communities they grew up in. The Hearst definitely make a difference in our world. And they have definitely made a difference in our lives. Dispatchers are always ready to receive calls at 205-631-8697. That is 205-631-TOWS, T-O-W-S. <laughs> you, get, you get me every time I, with the toes. <laughs> <laughs> or check out their website at hearsttowing.com. Now, y'all know James from the podcast, but he also is an amazing cook and private chef. I can attest to that personally. I've had many years of experience in food, just working in, managing, and even owning a couple restaurants. One of his greatest passions is preparing delicious food. You know, if somebody's going through something or through a hard time and you don't know what to do, you can always cook for them. Or you can always call me and I'll cook for them. It's, it really, it's a it's a great way to love people. That journey started early in his beloved granny's kitchen. She was the one that, you know, was always cooking breakfast, lunch, and dinner. She was a Southern belle. She made everything taste good, and I didn't always, sorry, Mom, get that at home. <laughs> but uh, granny taught me how to cook, and I've never looked back from that. James is a Fox 6 Good Day Alabama monthly contributor. It's one of the honors of my life. I love cooking on TV. I love hearing the feedback. I love going in there and having people email me and ask questions. It's just, it's fun. And his peanut butter cobbler recipe was featured on the Food Network show, Carnival Eats. That was kind of a big deal. I mean, it was, uh, it wasn't like I got paid for it, but it was uh, a lot of exposure and it was really fun. Head over to chefjameskjones.com to join our email list. Once you do that, you can stay updated on everything that we're doing. CrossFit Mophobia is owned and operated by Hayden Setzer. Hayden has a degree in exercise science and wellness with a minor in coaching. She is CrossFit Level 2 certified and Precision Nutrition certified. CrossFit Mophobia is located at 222 Decatur Highway in Gardendale, Alabama. Email CrossFitMophobiaInfo at gmail.com or call or text 256-303-1873. Or you can look up everything she does on Facebook and Instagram. CrossFit Mophobia. It's time to get real. 
Real talk from a real married couple about real life. From fights and arguments, raising kids, finances, dieting, get in my belly, religion. If it really happens in the real world, you'll really hear it right here. It's not the highlight reel. It's the for real real with your hosts who are keeping it real every day, James and Haley Jones. Hey guys, Team Jones here with ads. But if you don't like ads, you can download the Patreon app and look up Team Jones Media. You'll find many levels of subscriptions, but all levels have this one cool feature. You'll get early access to all of our podcast platforms and they are completely free from ads. Straight out of Prison Podcast, the For Real Real, and Narrowing the Gap. But there's way more to it than that. There's a specialized feed that comes for all subscribers. Peek behind the scenes, live stream question and answers. Recipes and cooking videos by me, of course. You'll get unpublished episodes, unedited episodes, blooper reels, which are amazing, exclusive bonus content, downloads, and more. Or head over to teamjones.co slash podcast and click on the Become a patron button. If you're interested in advertising with us, head over to teamjones.co and click the join forces button. We will get in touch and consider whether or not it's a good fit. Schedule us for your podcast or become a guest with us on the For Real Real or Narrowing the Gap. Contact us by heading over to teamjones.co and click the join forces button. Or to schedule us for a speaking event, contact us on our website by clicking the join forces button. We also want you to know about the Team Jones workshops for your business or organization. They're customized for your teams. They're led by myself and my beautiful wife, and we'll even provide lunch. Go to teamjones.co and click the Join Forces button. Finally, the newest part of Team Jones is what we're calling the OPP package. OPP stands for Other People's Podcast. We will tell your story and sing your song. About your business, organization, community, family, or whatever story you wish to share with the world. And the best part is that it will belong to you. We will research, write, produce, record, edit, and present you with the finished product. It will be your own tool for marketing, building your brand, or just to get your story out there to the world. Bottom line, stories are powerful. They are. And not just our story, Mm -hmm. but your story. So we are very passionate and very excited about this project of getting the opportunity to tell whatever it is that you are passionate about. We want to hear it and we want to tell it. Head over to teamjones.co and click the join forces button and we will respond promptly. Please support our sponsors because they help us provide this platform for free. Thank you guys for your support and thanks for being a part of our story. Well, hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the For Real Real. My name is James K. Jones and this is what is really happening this week. And this is Haley Jones. And like he said, this is the For Real Real. So we are going to be talking about things that we probably would not put on our highlight reel, um, but maybe we would. But it's actually the subject today fascinates me. I think it kind of encompasses what like our vision for this whole podcast is all about. What we're um, trying to do. Being real opposed yeah. to um, the socials and what we're putting on our stories and the highlight reel. Yeah, the highlight reel. <laughs> or some people, yeah. were people that don't do, even before social media, I heard somebody say one time that we judge our lives off other people's like snapshots, you know, because when you do like a family picture, you're going to always look your best, be your best, be on your best behavior. Right. Everything's going to be perfect. So kind of the the foundation where we're going to start with and just talk around today is is um, the case that feels like everyone is talking about and is on the news and is in people's social media. Yeah. And it is really kind of fascinated the country. I don't know about world, but fascinated the country at least. And that is the Gabby Petito case. What has gone down with that? And I think mm-hmm. uh, I read an article about, you know, why has this been such a huge story that people are interested in and want to know? And, you know, they cited the fact that she was an influencer and that has, um, define influencer. Everybody doesn't know. So what that means. that's a great question. I don't know yeah. the exact definition of influencer as far as social media goes. Do you? I think I think it just means you have a certain amount of followers and you get paid to push products. I mean, it's I don't know that. For Maybe sure, but- that's it. But I mean, I do even find that. I mean, we can start there. That interesting because even in a meeting I was in the other day, a gal, you know, she worked for a company, but she also 
stated when she was introducing herself that she was an influencer. <laughs> and so I went and looked on her, you know, social media, her Instagram and saw that she had about a thousand followers. Okay. And I was just surprised because I, in my mind, when I think of an influencer, I think as far as social media goes, yeah. that maybe that's more than more followers than that. But I mean, how does one define this? You know, wait, <laughs> that's this weird wait, wait. culture if thing. You're, if you're influencing a thousand people, I mean, you're doing for sure, for sure. But yeah. I guess just from the very little research that I've done, and mm-hmm. I, I just want to say, like, I am no expert and do not know all the facts or details, yeah. like. That's probably clear right now as I'm talking, but I mean, just from the very little research I've done with our business, knowing how many people you have to have following you to get a swipe up link to buy things or, (laughs) you know, or to get those little check marks by your name or make it a blue or, you know, Mm -hmm. there's all these little things when you get X amount. I think it's like 10,000 followers. I don't know all the exact numbers that gets you to certain things. We don't have those things yet. When we first started the Team Jones company, we had somebody come to us and say, you and Haley are already influencers. You should uh, do the the." Instagram, Facebook influencing thing, and you get paid for it. And I was like, what do you mean you get paid for it? And so they showed me, you know, if you're an Amazon influencer, every time somebody clicks on something that you've shared, and I tried to do it. I think I I didn't I didn't really try. <laughs> <laughs> I spent like maybe an hour just seeing if that would work, and I just, I ain't doing all that. I ain't got time for all that. Well, yeah, so. So it's basically I would put on a shirt and wear it and be on my best life and smiling. Okay. And then I would say, go click this and go buy it at wherever on the Amazon. <laughs> well, okay. So I just looked it up and an influencer by definition in Webster, a person or thing that influences another, but then they have a little kind of extra yeah. to do with marketing. Mm-hmm. And it says a person with the ability to influence potential buyers of a product or service by promoting or recommending that item on social media. Okay. So that's the definition. So, of yeah. So I guess if you're promoting something on social media and you're trying to influence people to buy it, mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, you know, you're getting a kickback or maybe you're getting a free product yourself. I don't know. So I guess that's how you define an influencer, no matter how many followers you have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I have a, we have friends, we won't say names, that has a friend that does that all the time. Yeah. Who sells things, you mean, on well, social media? No, influences. Like, okay. But they went on vacation with this couple and she, she does that. And it's like, she don't even have a life. She's got to, oh, I got to post. I got to do this. I got to do that. And I'm like, I'm not getting caught up in all that because it's not real, number one. And then, <laughs> but number two, I mean, you can make that much money working at McDonald's, flipping hamburgers. Well, I think you can make more money than that. I mean, you can, but I mean, I just, it's just not for me. Right. But also, I mean, some people are interested and in, I know several moms that do it to get the free products. Yeah. Um, actually a good friend of ours that has a podcast. I mean, her whole, from the beginning, her whole goal was, I want to get enough of an audience <laughs> and followers that I can get free makeup because that's what she loves and is expensive. Yeah. And like, well, I mean, that was the purpose, you, you know? Works. So I'm not judging. I'm just yeah. saying I, it's just not for me. Was, okay. So back to the Gabby case. I mean, I, I'm sure. Well, I want to say listening. first though, I'm not fascinated by it. I'm saddened by it. Well, it makes yeah. my, I have a little girl and it just makes my, it makes me sick. Yeah. It makes me just nauseous. And, you know, I've watched all the stuff and was praying for her, you know, for the found her body. But uh, it's sad. It's very sad. So she's 22 years old. She went on this trip with her boyfriend. Apparently it had been planned for a long time, mm-hmm. a five-month trip that they were going to document via video, YouTube. I mean, long story short, obviously their relationship was volatile Yeah, between her and her boyfriend. Um but you couldn't tell that from the highlight reel. I went I went and looked. Yeah. Everything was rainbows, butterflies, you know, unicorn milkshakes and all the goodness. That's and what that is like. so, I mean, and that is what is so scary to me. I feel like there's mm-hmm. so many reasons. I feel like I show my age. <laughs> I got to be careful. But like, you know, that you, that we just have no idea, like either the darkness or the problems or the fights going on behind the scenes, number one. Yeah. But, I mean, the other issue I have, which we might not unpack as much today, but is, to me, just the, you know, the comparison thing. And I was thinking, like, watching a friend of mine who was at the beach, and 
making, you know, a social media like an Instagram post. No, but like it was her kids. She was sitting on the beach. Her kids, her young kids, like our kids. Mm You know, playing in the sand, and then if you know how you can put a song to the story. (laughs) And I was just thinking, like, my beach trip with my family is not like that. I don't know how she's sitting reading a book and, like, I mean, this song that it was just like this perfection. And maybe there was a second that might have just been a moment. moment. But my point is, is that you feel like. Why can't I achieve that kind of like peace, (laughs) fun, relaxation at the beach that seems to be just effortless? And of course, it's a lie. Like my friend's whole like tag on her social media is like social media is a liar. (laughs) And it is so true. It is like, you know, you I I couldn't have recreated that with the music behind it, even if I tried in real life. Well, it's like for us, like. Every year on the 4th of July, it started when Lula was born. I don't know why I did it. I took a American flag and I laid her on it and I took a picture. Oh, this is a good example. And we've been doing that every year since 2014. Mm-hmm. And we, that's our like annual picture of started with Lula, then with the boys. And people always get the most comments about their 4th of July pictures. I mean, we've had them blown up and framed and put up in our yeah. house because they're beautiful. Yeah. But they're not even real <laughs> because getting three kids to sit and take a good picture, usually what is it, 275 pictures we take to get and that one shot? And we fight every time. Yes, you and I fight, me and the kids fight. And I, I can see even the stress on the kids' face. Oh. It's like, why can't you just freaking smile? Just like, smile. what is the problem? <laughs> take the picture. Oh, my gosh. I remember when they were... I think the boys were three, so it was five or six. We were doing one, and they were, Judah just wasn't having it. He's like, I'm not taking the picture. <laughs> and I was trying to take the picture. And for me, it's not for, I'm not trying to do it for social media. I want to document, like, their growth and their age. And, you know, I'm a patriot. I love them. Well, and you said from the beginning you like to compare their size with I the size it. of the flag and see yes, how they've grown. I yeah. love it. It's just I don't yeah. even know where I came up with that. It's just something I started and I'm not going to stop. Uh, we all know he's not going to stop. He's but that, decided. <laughs> the best picture that we ever got of them was in, I, I guess it was 2018, and maybe it was 19. But we couldn't get Judah to cooperate. He was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not smiling for the picture. And you got behind me and started throwing candy on my head. Yeah, Remember I, that? I poured out a big package of nerds right on your head. And then they all started laughing, and I snapped the picture. And it was the I think that's the best one we've ever taken on yeah. three of them. But it's still, it's the same concept. That If you could look at the 274 pictures around that, you would see that. But more than just looking at the pictures, if you were there when we were taking the pictures <laughs> and the amount of stress and sweat yeah. and tension, yeah. I mean, it's a great example of, like, we do post the best pictures online and of they're course. amazing, but, like, what really happened to get those pictures? <laughs> yeah, it was it was a it was a process. Yeah. Me. So, um, but, yeah, that's a really good example. But the whole... Gabby Petito, obviously, or it seems well, some, sure. Okay, pause. Some people yeah. might not even know the story. Let, let me just break down the story. Okay. So this girl was a YouTuber, an influencer. She went on a cross-country trip with her boyfriend, and they were taping videos and uploading them to YouTube and sleeping in the van. Like, they had one of those uh, hipster Camper vans. Yeah. Yeah, where you can just do everything in the van. Mm-hmm. And she disappeared. And then he came back to Florida on September the 1st without her and refusing to talk to the police, refusing to talk to her parents. And it was just, it created an uproar. Like, where, where is she? And then they uncovered a stop that they had by the Moab, Utah police where they were in a fight. That's the, I think that's the last thing they've heard of them. Yeah. So, but in in that stop, they had body cameras on the police officers, and you can yeah. see that he had the the boyfriend had scratches on his face. Oh, he was scratched up. He was definitely been in the. Fight. I mean, there was very you know she was upset, but both of them were saying, which was interesting to me, in that body cam on the police, she said, "Oh, sometimes I get OCD and get carried away." Yeah. She was kind of putting blame on herself, but then when they interviewed him, he was also putting blame on her. Mm-hmm. And not blame, but just like sometimes she gets yeah, carried it's all away, her. She's kind of crazy. the same thing. She's crazy you know? girl, you know. But it was clearly a volatile situation. Yeah. And there had been some physical 
interactions like in that fight mm-hmm. and um they ended up separating them for the night so they made him stay in a hotel she stayed in the van which was actually under her name it was her van it was her even van. though they called it theirs yeah um and but then obviously they reunited whatever the next day and kept on with the trip but mm-hmm. what you said ensued so he she disappeared he drove home in that van to by Florida. himself yeah. yeah um so but then they're combing the area looking for something, you know, for her. And another YouTuber who just happened to have the video video in on, I think it was uh, August the 27th. Yeah. Had video footage of driving down the road and that, that van being parked next to some woods or something. And it helped the police, like, narrow the search. And they found a body that they believe is hers. So right, horrible, 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 horrible. Stuff. It is horrible, and I just like, and in some ways, this story I think highlights that social media and the YouTubers and mm-hmm. videos have actually been very helpful in getting information and that video and finding. Yeah, because we're talking about miles and miles of like land that I mean, how do you search like for someone? Yeah. yeah. Um, but then that other YouTuber submitting that, seeing that video and yeah. seeing their van was able to kind of help solve, find her, yeah. even if it was just her body. But, um, I don't know if, have they, I didn't, they said, no, they're doing an autopsy today. today okay. Actually. Yeah. But they're pretty sure it matched her description and I think her clothes. So they're, when they get, when they did the press conference, he came out and con- expressed his condolences to her family. Right. And, but they have not shared yet, like, you know, if the body was in a shallow grave, if it was just out in the elements or whatever, yeah. they have not given any of those details. We're but, still in an active investigation. Right. Um, but now the boyfriend is missing. Apparently he went on a walk. I mean, it just seems kind of obvious to me that his parents are covering from him. Well, he didn't go him. on a walk. He took a, a Mustang yeah. from his house and went and then disappeared. And they went and got the Mustang and brought it back. But here's an interesting fact, not really a fact, a, hi- a hypothesis that I heard the other night. Nobody saw him come back. They just know that the van was there, and nobody has saw him. His sister says she hasn't saw him. Right. So there was some weirdness to this case was that he flew home to Florida and went back and got the van and drove it back. Wait, what now? I didn't hear this. He flew home? He flew home. A couple, two or three days before, flew back, picked up the van, and drove it back to Florida. But then there are some people, like, everybody's all over this case. Right, right. Digging, digging, digging. Is that, is there's a possibility that he didn't drive it back? Like, maybe somebody in his family went and got the van and drove it back and just kind of staged him being there because nobody's seen him. He hasn't been seen. Well, actually, okay, newsflash, and there's so many things of this. Yes, was it this morning, but I think this happened yesterday afternoon last night that he was sighted in South Alabama. He was? But he was in a firehouse subs. and Oh, no, I did not know that. And, that I mean, this is where social media and people on social media, how yeah. information can spread so quickly, especially in this kind of where everyone's interested and looking and, you mm-hmm. know, to date. But, yeah, it was... Um, no, I did not know. I that. read it was confirmed this morning that it was him. He was in South Alabama. Oh, that's scary. We'll be right back. Head over to our YouTube channel for recipes, podcasts, and now we're even live streaming stuff to give you guys real glimpses into our daily lives. Yikes. You'll also be able to see the podcast behind the scenes and unedited live streams. We've added the first five seasons of the Straight Out of Prison podcast, and even if you've listened to all of them, check out the video format to see pictures, behind the scenes, and a whole lot more. And while you're there, please hit the subscribe button. It won't cost you anything, but it does help us reach our goals to reach a larger audience. Look up Chef James K. Jones on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss a recipe or a podcast. For exclusive content, download the Patreon app and look up Team Jones Media. You'll find many levels of subscriptions, but all levels have one feature. You'll get early access to all of our podcast platforms, and they're completely free from ads. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you guys for all your support, all your encouragement, and thank you for being a part of our story. Keep my baby's clothes. So, um... But I want to time out on something about the social media. Yeah. We talk about we want to be for real we want to do the for real real and we're not you know trying to do the highlight reel but everybody has a highlight reel we have a highlight reel for sure and i feel like there's this uh temptation to just count it all as as evil and bad like social media is not all evil and bad it's like what they said 20 years ago with the computers computers are all evil and bad because people are looking at porn on them Mm-hmm. Computer is a, a computer, the internet and all that stuff is a tool. It's up to you what you do with it. Right. Twenty years before that, they were saying that about TV. TV's bad. You know, it's going to burn a hole in your kid's brain. You shouldn't let them watch all that stuff. But the information age that we're in, if you just go back to when the TV came out, before that, people had like media, but it was like newspapers. They mm-hmm. had to wait on the newspaper to come around to read it. So Or gossip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when the TVs, when television broadcasting came out, it opened up to the whole world, like, what's really happening. Yeah. And even here in Alabama, in Birmingham, where we live, it was what was happening in Birmingham with the black people, the way they were abusing them and segregating them and all the things that they were doing. That's what made the world stand up and take notice because of the images on the TV. Right. And they came and were like, well, this can't happen in America, you mm-hmm. know. So, I well, let me take that to the social next, media is the same. Let me take that to the next step of something that you've told me about, which I didn't know. But the, with the phones and the social media yeah. in the prisons, oh yes, yeah, huge. That that's exposing a lot of things because people they have they're technically not allowed to have phones in the prisons, but, but they have them. But they're getting them like smuggled in or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're using those to. I mean, they're putting out there what's really happening, which some of the stuff is not good. They're sending out images and videos, and this is what's happening in here. And it's causing the spotlight to be on it and people to stand up and recognize, like, what's happening. Which is a good thing. It is. It's like exposing truth, kind of. Yeah. So it does expose things, I think, that needs to be and keeps people, Mm -hmm. you know, can keep people accountable, too. Absolutely. This is a little bit of a rabbit trail, but (laughs) I just think it's so funny, and it's what we're talking about. Even yesterday— I'm going to cite the our what's happening in Gardendale social media yeah. on Facebook. And for those of you that are not from here, it's just, you know, they have them in a lot of cities. Like City. you sell things or yeah. things that are going on to let people know or mm-hmm. whatever, questions. But anyway, there was this one from our town who apparently she put something on the marketplace for sale, these <laughs> chairs. She owns that. a small business. I read and that. this other gal... There, she said they were hers, and how could you sell my stuff? And you're crook. But apparently, these women were best friends at some point, or very good friends. Yeah. But it turned into a shit show, <laughs> total shit show. And it was just like, but in my opinion, both of them just kind of yeah. looked like fools and were yeah. like showing their true colors. It was like you got like ladies, don't do it on social media. Like call each other, you know, <laughs> like talk it out in the like let's real life. Like why are we putting this? And I don't know. I mean, in some I actually ways, read that. It was very childish. I mean, I have an so alert. Crazy. For, I have an alert on my phone for the what's happening in Gardendale because oh, I want to know. Okay. It's, my, it's my city. I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I thought it was. And also, childish. like people chiming in, like people that I mean, it's really none of their business. But of course, now <laughs> it's everybody's business because oh, it's on. You put it out there. Yeah. But I mean, in one way, like okay, you can hold people accountable better. Like we're talking about the prison us for things if it, if there yeah. is something off color or not good. But another way, I mean, and that's what I'm, this is what I'm talking about, was a perfect example how it can just create this drama, just pure drama. drama. And I mean, it's just such a waste of energy. It like, is. go find something productive to do. <laughs> like, in the, I agree. Um, so it speaks to the good and the evil yeah. of it. But it's definitely changed our the culture and how we interact with people and news, yeah. like you said, and everything. Um, Fake news. But, yeah, it's people. just. I have people in my family that get their news from Facebook, mama. <laughs> yeah. And I have to tell them that's not 
mom. Political news and everything. Yeah. Like from she, her friends that. No, because it's on things. Facebook. Like she, right. We're getting a stimulus check. It's like, no, we're not. Yes, we are. I said it on <laughs> Facebook. I was like, mom, their debate, this was in 2020. Right. It hasn't passed anything. That's, right. Uh, laws have to be passed and it has to be signed and it has to be done. It's, it hasn't been approved yet. I mean, hope we do, but. Yeah. Facebook said it. We're getting it next week. Mm-hmm. And it's like. Don't take your news from Facebook or TikTok or Instagram. That's not where you get your news from. Okay, so what are your thoughts on, I mean, how we can be better just in general? Like, speaking of this Gabby thing that, I mean, you know, I don't know, obviously, enough about her personally, and I haven't even followed all of her YouTube stuff, but how it was all just kind of, as you would say, rainbows and butterflies, and it's just amazing trip, and what an adventurous spirit to Mm -hmm. take this van. I mean, you can, I can just see how you create this identity and this... um, Well, on um, social media, you can live out your fantasies. Yeah. And if if that's your fantasy, I mean... You can de- but I think it can be so much so that you're even deceiving yourself. Yeah. Of the the reality of some of your situations, like. Well, now they they interviewed some of her friends and and his friends, like people that knew them as a couple, and they said there was red flags everywhere. That he was like obsessed with her. He would not allow her to go certain places. He he controlled her friends. He controlled where she went, and that's all. Signs. Okay. Something, something's wrong. Here's the point I'm making. It's easy for them to say that now. Yeah. And not that they didn't see it before, because they probably did. Mm-hmm. But did they say something to her? Like, in hindsight, it's 2020. I mean, now she's gone, and they found her body, and yeah. people are saying all these things. Like, uh, duh. You know? But, like, when it's going on in the in real time, and you see all these red flags. I think that depends on the relationship that you have. I mean, because I, I see red flags with people all the time. That don't mean I'm going to go tell them about it. Right. But if it's somebody that I am in, that's in my inner circle, that I feel like, I can speak into their lives or they ask, then yes. But, you know, if we were just going around telling everything, telling people everything that we think, mm-hmm. we ain't going to do that. Right. And her friends, I don't know if these were close friends or they just observed it. Um, it has to do with, like, what kind of credibility I have, like, influence. Like, what influence <laughs> yeah. I have in your life. and. Leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. According to John Maxwell, I believe that to be the truth. But you have to have a certain amount of influence with people to be able to speak into their lives, especially if it's something complicated like that that's going to piss them off. Which is an interesting point, an interesting word, because in the beginning when you're talking about influence as far as how many followers and getting people to buy things, but yeah. when you're talking about influence now, mm-hmm. you're talking about like a real relationship where you have yeah. relational capital, like my dad used yeah. to say. Because, um, I mean, tell I the think truth. we miss, I think that's what's missing, is that we're so concerned about the influence, like yeah. on a broad picture in the social media picture, that or clicks on it's your- like who is influencing you, like intimately as a real friend. Yeah, because the, the people that not all of them, I have a lot of my friends are on social media that follow me, but most of them, those are not my real friends. Right. Like if there's something a struggle going on in my life, I'm not going to go to them. I'm going to go to my people. Right. And again, I think social media is fine as long as you keep it in balance. And I think the only way to do that is to put it on the bottom of the shelf. Like, it's not, mm-hmm. it should not be even towards the middle or the top of important things right. in your life. Right. Um, I mean, that's up to you how you want to do that. But it's also, you know, if I want to know how to do something, I can go on Instagram and type it in. Hey, how do I fix this beard line that looks funny? And I'll get <laughs> 2,000 uh, tips on how to fix that or cook something or, you know, skincare. And all the things. Mm-hmm. So it's not all bad, but it's what we... And it's not that I think, I mean, going back to, like, you should air, right. all, air all your dirty laundry on social media. No. Like, oh, I need help, or I'm struggling, or whatever. That's what I'm speaking to, like, having the people, like, real influencer, <laughs> like, that are really influencing yeah. you in a, like, personal and intimate way mm-hmm. more than social media. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we, how do, I feel like we're going around and around. Yeah. We're going social media, Gabby Petito, social media, Gabby Petito. <laughs> right. How can we, uh, I guess, uh, tighten up a little bit on this? Like, well, I mean, I guess I just, the point was it's, it's obviously 
caught the attention of a lot of people. I think, I mean, I think our goal always is we said to just to learn yeah. from it and maybe help. I mean, as we help ourselves learn, help other people learn. Like, and these are questions that we don't have the answers to, but did Gabby have any like people friends? Was she, did she make herself vulnerable that could be like, oh, this is not a good situation? Like, you know, I mean, I don't know the answers to those questions. Well, I've been but. in a volatile relationship before. Yeah. And, you know, if you listen to Straight Out of Prison podcast, I think it's, what is it, season three, where I talk about my relationship with Shauna. Mm-hmm. You know, I was obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. And when we finally got together, she became obsessed with me. Yeah. And it was uh, something about watching them fight on the side of the road in those uh, police cams that reminded me of our relationship. Now, mm-hmm. we never got physical. Like, I never hit her. She never, well, she never really hit me, like a slap or well, something. Well, I've hit you, so. Yeah. That's true. I have when but I was not, mad. Not really. Not like in the face or anything. Not but like, like a real I've, hit. Well, I mean, I was mad. I've never hit anybody before in my life, <laughs> and then I got married. <laughs> I remember that. You hit me in the arm. That's not even that. I yeah, mean, well. That's not a big deal. But what I'm saying is when you're in a volatile relationship like that, and volatile just means explosive, like there's landmines everywhere. You right. Know, anything can happen. It takes two. It's not, it doesn't take one. It takes two people to be in a volatile relationship. So there was unhealthy stuff on his side, but there's also had to be unhealthy stuff on her side, just like it was with me and Shauna. Like she needed me, I needed her, but it was this, one of my friends said, actually it was her dad, when I get around y'all, I just hear a sucking sound. I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, it's like, like y'all are just sucking the life out of each other. You're addicted to each other. And I thought that was what it meant to be in love. I was just going to say that I think that can be misinterpreted for passion. Yeah. You know, which, I mean, it is passion, but it's also something that's not really making the other one better. Yeah. So when we started our relationship, I had a a large group of friends and family that were supportive. She did, too. You know, fast forward a couple years, we had pretty much isolated ourselves because nobody wanted to be around us fighting all the time. Because that was all we did. And I actually had a good friend of mine uh, that did uh, counseling, sat me down and was like, James, you got to get a hold of yourself because, you know, I've been, I work in prison. I've all these guys that I've counseled and it's just, this girl's driving me crazy and then I burn her house down. (laughs) Right. Or you just have to pay attention to that stuff. And Mm -hmm. if you're in a relationship, whether you're the abuser or the one being abused, you're both wrong. Yeah. I mean, because it's it's wrong to control somebody and manipulate and emotionally abuse them, whatever. But on the flip side of the coin, if you're in that situation, even though it's hard to get out of it, you may think you can't get out of it. But you're just as wrong for allowing yourself to be controlled, manipulated, and abused. See, some people might buck up against you on that and say, like, you know, I mean, think of Elizabeth Smart. That's a very extreme example. That's different. That's not what I'm talking about. She was brainwashed and abused. She was not. Time out. She was not in a relationship. She was kidnapped and abused. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like a volatile relationship. Like, you know, like it takes two to tango. Right, but I do think that some people, like men and women, and I've heard this, are scared and really think that they're going to be either killed or hurt or injured. Maybe. Like, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not discounting that. I'm just saying, yeah. in this day and age, you can get help. Yeah. And you can. I mean, my mom, I grew up watching her and being in abusive relationship after abusive relationship, but it was after I became a grown man going through counseling to realize that she brought something to that table too. Right. I mean, she brought something to that situation that was uh, not good. Yeah. And, you know, it's like one of my favorite sayings, it takes one to marry one. Yeah. <laughs> and that I, be- is your favorite I, saying. <laughs> I believe that it takes one to marry one. And I, you know, people that talk about their husband, their wife and bash them and say this and say that, even as, especially on social media, it's like, yeah, it, it takes one to marry one. So, I don't know. That may be harsh, but I, I think I think you have to take a hard look at stuff like that if you mm-hmm. want to get free and you want to do things better. Right. Okay. So wrapping up the whole, I mean, Gabby thing. Well, I that, just I have one more thing before we wrap it yeah. up. Yeah. Since I've already pissed you off about what I said about the. <laughs> no, you I'm didn't not, piss me I'm off. I just know what some people would say. I'm not trying to say that there's not victims. Right. There are victims, but in these kind of situations, that was a willing. If you're making yourself a willing participant in something, then 
there's error on both sides. Yeah. You know, he obviously has problems, but she did too. And and he's definitely an abuser. I'm not saying that she's not a victim. She's right. a victim. That's not mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say is that you if you find yourself in a situation where you're you know that you're being abused emotionally or physically or mentally or any kind of abuse or even spiritually in a church relationship get out of it you can you can get help you right. can you can do something you can reach out to someone there's there's too much help in the world yeah right? there's no reason for you to stay stuck in a that kind of a relationship cuz it's going to suck the life out of you yeah i want to talk about I had a men's night Friday night, and just in our basement hanging out. Yeah, eat, which you do ro- every few months or so. Yeah, eating Rotel and doing, you know, just <laughs> eating we, Rotel. We don't have an agenda. We just get together and yeah. talk. And this subject came up. Stuff like this scares scares me because I have a little girl, mm-hmm. and when you're in a a circle of friends where you can just speak your mind freely, you say what you think, mm-hmm. and I was like. I don't know how y'all view this because I think every one of the guys there has a girl, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. These are all married men. Has a daughter, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Lula May would have never gotten a van with some dude and went across on a cross-country trip for three months. I don't care how old she is. I don't care. I don't care. It would not have happened to her. And so this this huge debate came up, you know, well, she's over 21. You can't do anything about it. I'll do something about it. I will not sit by and watch my kid get sucked into some relationship like that or some experience like that. And I don't care if she's 40. I mean, and just tell me why I'm wrong about that. Okay. So first of all, I love that you take that stance. I love the protective nature. I love the passion because obviously she's my daughter too. And I want all the safe, good things for her, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, I feel like it's one of those things that we have not been parents of older kids yet, like teenagers. And in my opinion, even as you were talking, I feel like the work is done with our kids now, Mm -hmm. speaking of influence, to, like, influence and train them, like, their hearts, their minds, whatever, that hopefully, you know, they make decisions that are smart and wise and Mm -hmm. they can, you know, come up with these things themselves without it being told to them, you know, forced upon them or whatever. I mean, our daughter's seven, so I think the work the work is now for us. Absolutely. But I mean, I think of myself, you know, when I was gosh, how old was I? I was twenty two, I guess. Was Gabby twenty two? I think so, yeah. Okay. So when I was twenty two, I told my parents that I was moving to Europe. And I mean, I got a job, and I you mean, lied to him though. Well, yeah, that's true. That <laughs> happened when I. <laughs> that is true. You told him you had a job in London. I did. I told lied. him I did lie. <laughs> I had a straight up lie. <laughs> so I told them just a quick bit of it. I told them that I had a job and I had a place to live. Yeah. Okay. That was a gross over exaggeration <laughs> because I actually had a placement at a um, volunteer to uh, to be a volunteer. I did have that yeah. set up to be at the British Deaf Association in London. Uh-huh. Um, it did not pay. And then I said I had a place to live, which I had booked a hostel <laughs> for two weeks. A hostel is where travelers stay. You can usually book maybe like a one person room, but you can also book up to usually like sixteen or like a community room, and it's a lot oh, cheaper God. than a hotel. It sounds a kitchen, like a nightmare. Like that, you share a bathroom. So that sounds like prison. <laughs> <laughs> it's a chosen prison, I guess. I don't yeah. know. So I did lie to them. I straight up lied. I had a certain amount of money, and I knew, like, I was like, "Oh, no problem getting a job." I had this special student <laughs> visa. Um, this seems to be a theme for me. <laughs> I have no problem getting a job. Yeah. Um, I will find a place to live. It'll just all work out. Yeah. So I flew over there. I started trying to find a job. I could not find a job to save my life mm-hmm. um, that actually paid money. I had this volunteer position. After two weeks, I only had so much money left, and I knew, like, if I don't get a job today that's going to enable me to get a place to stay long term, I'm going to have to use the money that I have left to get a ticket home. Wow. I mean, I knew. So, but I that day, I actually found this job. I met this girl, like, <laughs> texting girl, like, and they actually provided a place to live that came along with the job. But my parents knew I was 22. 22, Yeah. 
I mean, of course they didn't like it and they didn't want me to go. And they expressed that. Yeah. But at this point, I mean, I'd actually finished school. I'd finished college. You're a grown up. And, um, you know, I had a plan. I mean, the, there was a lie, but I mean, there there was a plan, but I knew that if I told him I didn't have a job and I was staying in the hostel, it wouldn't be good. My mom would have just well, here's where flown I'll, over with me. Here's where I can <laughs> learn from you and Ronald Reagan. Whatever I like my, being in company with Ronald Reagan. <laughs> whatever my daughter decides that she needs to do, I'll trust her, but I'm also going to verify, verify, <laughs> verify. Like, I need to know all the things. <laughs> well, they did immediately plan a trip a month later to come visit me. Oh, wow. Like, to come be there. So Did you have to lie when they got there? Or did you well, have no, because I had the job then. <laughs> I would have come back wow. and they would have had to cancel their trip because yeah. I wouldn't have had enough money. Okay. <laughs> did you ever tell them the truth? Yes, I did. How long did it take you to tell them the truth? <sighs> years later. I bet your mom freaked out over that. I mean, that was years and years later, I told her, because it did all work out. And I actually ended up getting a teaching job you know, over there, so yeah. I stayed over there for a long time. But that initial, when I first went across the pond, so to speak, mm-hmm. so I just like, I feel like I know how my mind, and every kid is different. I, yeah. I call myself as a 22-year-old a kid, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like my strategy was to lie, and that's how I was going to get what I wanted. Yeah. So... Kids, people are smart, and depending on how they're wired and made, I feel like really all humans, right? We kind of like I think we're we gonna, decide we're going to do we're going to do what we want to do, and I, I agree with um, what you're saying is that it starts now, yeah. But at the same time, I would not be able to sleep if I knew that my daughter was off somewhere in the wilderness with some dude that there was already red flags in their relationship. I don't I don't know what I would do. I mean, I might go get her and just you're coming home. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, especially in in terms of a relationship with a man and yeah. in terms of our daughter, you mm-hmm. know. I yeah, that is something that again, I just I don't know how people parent without knowing the Lord. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. and like trusting for like the wisdom of how to mm-hmm. how to teach them, how to raise them up, how to address and confront situations, but also just trust. Yeah, because at some point they got to go. They and do, you're have to but trust. you have to you have to teach them now. But let's talk about we had a problem five or six months ago. Lulu was lying about stuff, mm-hmm. and we have this rule in our house: if you tell us the truth, you're not in trouble. But if you lie to us, you're going to get in double trouble. Mm-hmm. It was becoming like a pattern for her. And I sat her down and explained, was trying to come up with some words to explain. And I don't know if I got this from Jesus or not, but it worked. I said, you know, baby, when I was growing up, I didn't have a daddy. And my mom did the best that she could with me. But most of the time when I did something, I didn't have any consequences for my behavior. And, you know, she's locked, latched on and listening to me. So I said, I didn't have anybody teach me how to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. So when I was a teenager, I did a lot of bad things and I never had any consequences. So when I was 20 years old, I ended up, I had to go to prison to learn the consequences of my behavior. Mm -hmm. And she just, her eyes just grew big and she was like, why didn't Mimi give you consequences? And I said, well, this is not about Mimi. We're not judging Mimi. Mimi had a rough life bringing yeah. me up. But I'm going to give you consequences when you do something because it's going to help you learn to do better. And if you're lying about something and you don't tell me the truth, then the consequences are going to be worse. And she got it. Like, she really, like, grabbed hold of that and just, even though she's scared, like, she gets... Like, if she does something and you ask her to tell the truth, she's, I'm scared, Daddy, I'm scared. And Even yesterday. Oh, yeah. When she did a little, and she's actually very, the ideal student. She likes to follow yeah. rules. So when she does get in trouble or something happens, too, yeah. uh-huh. it's it was hard for her to, like, even though I already knew what happened, and but for her to tell you what happened was very hard for <laughs> it her. It was painful. And I, but I feel like it's something we have to do. So she was at school. One, some little girl had a crush on a little boy in her class, and she was over whispering in his ear. And the teacher told them, number one, we don't have boyfriends and girlfriends in second grade, not in my class, which I agree with. Hey, I'm behind her all the way. But then number two, she was telling them to settle down and put their book bags together. And, yeah, she just wasn't listening. And Lula just yeah. didn't listen. So she, t- the teacher, who's a wonderful teacher, 
told her, you know, I'm going to have to put a note in here for your parents. And Lula just fell apart. Like, huh. <laughs> but then uh, we have this thing with our kids where if you do something, you got to tell us what you did. So it's not like we're not going to punish you. Well, you might experience some natural consequences. You got consequences. But, <laughs> but we're not going to punish you just and then not talk about it. But you've got to tell us what you did. And she, she couldn't tell me. Like, mm-hmm. I just can't tell you. I'm so scared. I just don't want to let mama tell you. And so I told her, I said, it's like me when I do something. And I'm not perfect. We all make mistakes. We mess up. Like if I hurt mama's feelings or if I do something I'm supposed to do, then the way Jesus works is I have to come to him and I have to tell him what I did. Mm-hmm. And that's how I find forgiveness. And it's the same for you. And you're not going to be in trouble for telling me the truth. Yeah. And th- I think that part is just huge. And also getting them to talk to you. Right. Like don't ever not talk. Don't ever get to the place where they're not talking to you. Because as long as they're always talking to you, then they'll talk to you when they're adults. Which is hard sometimes because when they tell you something that's shocking or that you want to respond to, like, what? (laughs) (laughs) That it, like, stays, like, a safe place Mm -hmm. to, like, okay, it's we're going to talk. We can talk about it. It's fine. And you also taught me something, too, when she first, I think it was in first grade when she said something about somebody had a crush. And you you wanted her to tell you, what is the crush? What does that mean? And we, it was your idea, wasn't my idea. Like, we need to be the authority, like the final mm-hmm. word on stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I love that. That's yeah. why I won't tell her that Santa Claus is real. Because one day she's going to know that mom, <laughs> mama was lying, Mimi was lying, but daddy was the one telling <laughs> me the truth. She does not yeah. believe you. That is really funny. Okay, no. but back back to the full, like, you know. you Full circle. Yeah, full yeah. circle about raising a daughter and how you would respond to mm-hmm. that. I mean, I'm going to real quick last story. When my dad went to heaven mm-hmm. very unexpectedly, I we was in shock. It happened over like two or three days. I was walking out of the hospital, just like, why, why? I was just asking God, like, I don't, you know, understand. And then I had the thought in my head, I, he didn't even get to walk me down the aisle. Yeah. And as my arm is attached to my body, it was the most clear times that I've heard Jesus speak to me. And he said, he's been walking you down the aisle for 32 years. That's how old I was. And that's I think beautiful. that's relevant to this in the fact that, like, what we're doing now, like, what we're instilling now, the conversations we're having now is is what is going to protect her in the future. I agree. I agree with that 100%. No problem. That is beautiful, beautiful, beautiful stuff. All right, quick. You got a Haleyism? Uh, Haleyism, I guess, with the social media, like YouTube stuff, like it's so funny because I definitely secretly judge. I don't always say it, but in my head, I'm judging YouTubers. Wow. And like, why do I need to know everything you're doing in your everyday life? Like, because <laughs> somebody's watching. I don't need to know. Yeah, well, they're making money too, but I'm just like, it just feels so like, who cares? But here we are. Wait, time out. What? If, if nobody cares, then why are you watching? Well, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> And that's a good point, like touche. But I just have um, always just like this feels so, I don't know, extra. But here we are having some like video people come out that wanted to film us Thursday night to do something with YouTube. And I was like, I guess I'm just putting my foot in my mouth or however you say, like all those like judging thoughts that I made. Yeah. Because obviously we're trying to make this a... Uh, something that supports our family. And so um, someone came to us with the idea. So, I mean, I'm excited about it, but at the same time, I'm like, I am that person now. No, we're not <laughs> because we're not doing it. Okay. Quickly, quickly. Um, we have some people that came to us that asked if they could do some YouTube stuff with us. We both said we don't know anything about that, and they have a vision for what they want to do, and we're just going to let them do it. Right. But so. it's just I do feel like I was being contradictory in a little bit of uh what's the word? Uh, I'm contradicting my at least my thoughts and judgments <laughs> yeah. for other people. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that's, that's funny, but yeah. <laughs> we all do that. I mean, when I was dating Shauna, she wanted our plan to be that we would move to Gardendale when oh, we got married. Ironic. And I said— you're crazy. I would never live in Gardendale. I'm, I grew up in Phoenix City. I don't want no small town. And we're going to live in Hoover. <laughs> and that's, that's that's what it is. So and now, here you are in Gardendale, speaking at the Gardendale Chamber. Hey, now. I'm not going to say Mr. Gardendale, but. But guess where, she, guess where she lives with her husband and two kids? Where? Hoover. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So it's just things like that work out. Yeah. All right. So my Jamesism is, uh, I don't know why this is bothering me so much, but. Yeah. Get it out. Flush like, it out, baby. I like cosmetics, you know, not not like makeup. 
Well, yeah. like shampoo and stuff to put on your eyes. Face masks. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> More than me, actually. I do. I anyway, mean, go ahead. Got to keep true. my skin clear. You know, I'm, I'm, push, I'm rocking 50 here. I have some shampoo that I got from TJ Maxx. You know, I like getting cosmetics from there because they're cheap. They're mm-hmm. not the nice stuff, but they don't cost yeah. as much. I'm not going to pay $20 for a bottle of shampoo. I'm just not going to do that. But I'll pay 7 if it's marked down. And vegan shampoo. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. <laughs> not- I, I was I was in the shower just like sh- like shocked. Like, what are we doing? Like, where has this world gone to? That's like, important to some people. Vegan shampoo? Yeah. So you you can't eat meat. When did they start putting meat in a shampoo bottle? I don't know. I think it's something from animals. Oh Not necessarily gosh. the meat, obviously, but this maybe. Is, we're taking this way too far. We're taking this way too far. That's just that's just my my thing, I guess. All right, but uh, real quick, I just want to do a highlight. We've got a new patron. Yeah. Actually, we have two new patrons, uh, Sandy Camp Thomas and Katie Buckner. Yes. I want to talk a little bit about Sandy next week um, and, and what she's doing. But thank you, Sandy, and thank you, Katie. Really appreciate you guys supporting us in this way. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. We uh, look forward to hearing from you. Yes. Have a great week. <laughs> have a great week. See you soon. Bye. Right. Well, hey, guys. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Written and produced by the Team Jones Company. Yours truly, James and Haley Jones. If you like what you've heard, you can subscribe to all of our podcasts. Download the Patreon app. You can get all of our content early and ad-free. Straight out of prison, the for real real, and narrowing the gap. There's a specialized feed there for all subscribers. You'll get downloads, updates, exclusive contents, live Q&As, and more. Or head over to teamjones.co slash podcast and click on the Become a Patron button. And I'll also put that in the show notes. Other ways you can support us is to like and share, leave a rating and review, and support our sponsors. They help us provide this platform for free. Listen on Apple, Google, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and more. And thank you again for being a part of our story. Oh, I love that. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed the podcast. Written and produced by the Team Jones Company. Yours truly, James and Haley Jones. If you're interested in advertising with us, head over to teamjones.co and click the Join Forces button. We've redesigned our media kit with some exciting new details. If you'd like more information about being a sponsor, email me, Haley, Haley at teamjones.co. That's not .com. The best way to support us is by telling your friends and family about the podcast. Other ways to support us is by liking and sharing the podcast and giving us a review. Well, as long as you think we did good. (laughs) Or you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and more. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys for all your support, all your encouragement, and thank you for being a part of our story. All right, guys, y'all show some love to the sponsors of the Straight Out of Prison podcast. Our friend Keely Brown runs her family-owned HVAC Home and Commercial Services. Is your system ready for the summer? Schedule a system checkup or reprogram your thermostat. They offer residential and commercial, at home or at work. They really do what they say, and they say what they do. Our family serving your family has been their core value since day one. Their founder and owner, Mr. Robert Holland, made sure the foundation of home and commercial services was and is integrity. Now, remember, Haley, we, we catered an event last December where he was a part of the group that we were feeding. But it was interesting to learn that when he was a young man, when he first started in the HVAC business, Mr. Holland actually got in trouble with, for not adding new parts that the people didn't need. And they were like, why didn't you sell the parts? And he was like, because I could fix them. And they were like, no, no, you're, you're, you're doing it wrong. Like, you just got to put new parts. And he was like, but they didn't need new parts. And it bugged him so much that he went out and started his own business. And that's the foundation of home and commercial services. And we can attest to that personally. I mean, they've done so much stuff for us. It's crazy. I love that story. And I think it speaks to, obviously, his integrity and what he's built his business on that integrity. Right now, the most economical service they offer is their annual residential service agreement. For $150, you'll get two annual checkups, and that's for one system if 
If it's an additional system, it's 25% off. Anyways, the annual contract includes priority service, normal rates for after-hour service, 10% discount on any repairs, and a 5% discount on any new installations. It's a good deal, especially with the heat of the summer coming. Home and Commercial Services works on all name brands of heating and air conditioning units, gas furnaces, heat pumps, walk-in coolers, and smart thermostats. No job is too big or too small. Call or text Keely at 205-798-0635. Or you can email at office at hollandhcs.com. You can look up Holland Home and Commercial Services on Instagram for daily tips and more. Or you can check out their website, hollandhcs.com. We have some amazing friends and supporters of the podcast, Lynn and Debbie Hurst, who own Hurst Towing and Recovery in Fultondale and Hayden, Alabama. They serve the Jefferson, Blunt, and surrounding counties. They tow light and heavy-duty vehicles, and they're always there to help. We wouldn't call anybody else. We would never call anybody else, and that's a fact. Would you like to work for an amazing company that treats their employees like family? The Hearst are hiring. Full and part-time positions. Give them a call today. Hearst Towing is there 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. They've been in our area since January of 1987. They have a heart to serve and they love making an impact in the communities they grew up in. The Hearst definitely make a difference in our world. And they have definitely made a difference in our lives. Dispatchers are always ready to receive calls at 205-631-8697. That is 205-631-TOES. T-O-W-S. <laughs> you, get, you get me every time I with the toes. <laughs> <laughs> or check out their website at hearsttowing.com. Now, y'all know James from the podcast, but he also is an amazing cook and private chef. I can attest to that personally. I've had many years of experience in food, just working in, managing, and even owning a couple restaurants. One of his greatest passions is preparing delicious food. You know, if somebody's going through something or through a hard time and you don't know what to do, you can always cook for them. Head over to chefjameskjones.com to join our email list. Once you do that, you can stay updated on everything that we're doing. 